Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Diving into physiology, neuroscience and linguistic programming so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career. Moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money or make a real difference to people's lives. Tune in weekly if you care more than others. Think wisely as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe and receive our free newsletter and other goodies. Here is your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. A little bit of showmanship goes a long way, but too much can get in the way. Hello, my name is John Cassidy Rice. I have the pleasure to be your host for this podcast. When I first come across rapid inductions, where within an instant you can put somebody into trance, I was kind of keen to try it. And I had a course coming up. So on the course, I thought I'd demonstrate a rapid induction. That's brave, isn't it? Never really done one before, but going to demonstrate it in front of 100 people. Hey, why not? Life's an adventure. So basically the technique, you have somebody stand in front of you, and the idea was you you grabbed hold of their shoulders, wiggled them a little bit to get them slightly off balance, then put your hand at the back of their head and tap the back of their head as you then pull them into your chest and say sleep. I had no idea if it was going to work or not, and it was powerful. The person went into a very deep sleep, deep hypnotic trance, which between you and I did surprise me just a little bit. And I managed to do some amazing work with this person and help them overcome something that had been holding them back in life. And then I fell in love with rapid inductions. And I think they're a wonderful way, especially in front of the group, to have a dynamic moment in time. And to be fair, what you need is a little bit of showmanship that goes along with that. And you see it a lot in stage hypnosis. When it works, it can work very powerfully, this little bit of showmanship. And rapid inductions are a little bit of showmanship in hypnosis and often used within NLP itself. So why do I say a little bit goes a long way, too much can be too much? I saw an NLP trainer doing the visual squash. And if you haven't come across the visual squash, it is a way of doing deep trance work without doing deep trance work if you like so you have somebody put look at their two hands in front of them and imagine that their two hands are starting to come together with pure unconscious movement and i'm aware that some of you might be driving as you listen to this so we won't go too far into the deep hypnotic trances and the idea is that with true unconscious movements the hands come together and you know that they're coming together with true unconscious movement because you get little twitches in the fingers and little jerky movements and you can see the amazement on someone's face as somebody's hands start to come together with true unconscious movement and at that time because they have entered into a trance it's a great place to make suggestions and I'll often use language along the lines of as your hands come together naturally with true unconscious movement you'll start to integrate all the learnings you've had from listening to my voice and be able to integrate them at all levels and as your hands touch that'll be a sign that you integrated the learnings from nlp and other tools that you've been learning truly start to integrate and it's a powerful technique and i love this visual squash as a technique in of itself and used it for years successfully and as you can imagine sometimes people are 
can be quite quick with, with the integration as their hands come together. And other times it can take a little bit of time. And you could be sitting there for sort of 30 minutes as somebody enters into a profound trance in of themselves. And all this integration is happening in behind the conscious awareness. And as all that starts to integrate, they slowly come together. And then as soon as their hands touch, their arms relax, drop down to the lap, and they come fully alert. And it is worth taking the time. So where's this leading to? Well, I saw an NLP trainer doing a visual squash and the person had entered into the spirit of the thing, was moving with true unconscious movement, was getting great results. And the trainer basically said, oh, I haven't got time for this. You're gonna integrate a lot faster than that. So in a moment, I'm gonna grab your hands and pull them together. And as your hands touch, you'll become fully alert. So what they did, they reached across, pushed the hands together and the person jolted, was bewildered, was upset. Does that work when you do something surprising like that? Yes, everything worked, but the person wasn't prepared for it. It was as though the, the, the NLP trainer just got impatient and pushed it together. So experimenting, I did try it. And I found that it works about 20% of the time that you take someone's hands and push them together. But what's really important is the person. So what's made me think about these topics, these lines, because when we're making, helping somebody make changes in their lives and facilitating the transformation that not only does hypnosis offer individuals, but also neuro-linguistic programming is a powerful tool to create transformation. What's important is that we keep the human being in mind, keep their personality intact. So this is one of the reasons why when somebody comes and does some training with us, whether it's a practitioner, a master practitioner, or even the trainer trainer, is I'll often say, don't make any major changes to your life based on the time that you've been here until you've integrated deeply the shifts and changes. So why do I say that? Because I've heard stories of other people being on other trainings when the trainer hasn't indicated that because when you take an NLP training, you feel empowered, you feel emboldened and people will phone up midway through a course and tell their boss that they're leaving, so tell their partner that they're leaving, tell their business partners that they're making changes in their lives. And really, they haven't had time to integrate the learnings at a deeper level. As we go through change, one of the things that happens as we go through a transformation is a destabilizing of somebody's personality as it reforms and restructures itself at deeper levels and will show up in conscious awareness. I didn't mean this to be such a um, heavy podcast, if you like, but what I, was th I think it's an important topic. So why have I been thinking these thoughts lately? So I've been going back over some of the Milton Erickson books and reading them, uh, partly because I want to do a podcast on Milton language and probably a series of podcasts around Milton language. And if you've not... If really heard of Milton language. Milton Erickson was a medical doctor who took hypnosis off the stage and put it in the medical arena and changed a lot of what was perceived around hypnosis, which forms the, and this Milton language forms the basis of conversational hypnosis. And everybody learned the language patterns as you go through an NLP training. And that's like learning your scales, learning the chords if you're learning a musical instrument. And what's next to happen is to understand the thinking behind using language to create transformation. And that's the topic I was, I was, I'm going to be presenting. And we have the model from neuro linguistic programming on 
the, called the Milton language, often referred to being as artfully vague. And the key word there is artfully, not the key word being vague. And one of the things about Milton Erickson, he had a sense of humour and he had direction and he knew that he was taking somebody on a journey. And it wasn't necessary to have learned a bunch of patterns, a bunch of pre-recorded techniques, if you like. What he did was tailored the way he used language, the metaphors he used to the individual in front of him to assist the person there and then. So that's one of the reasons why we learn techniques. That's one of the reasons why we learn the Milton patterns is they form the foundation. And like any great musician who learns the and learns, learns their scales, they can create music or chopsticks or can be elegant. Well, that was well put, wasn't it? <laughs> so really, can they create a melody that lifts up the soul or a melody that depresses the soul? Discordant sounds. That's probably a better way of saying that. And we can do that with the Milton language. But I think one of the things we need to keep in mind is the person we're working with. And not think about techniques, but think about the person in front of us and how we can best serve that person. So all of this really come from a couple of lines within a book called The Seminars and Workshops and Lectures of Milton H. Erickson, Volume 3. And wonderful books. A couple of paragraphs, and I think I'll read them to you now. So there's, it's on page 36 of Volume 3 that I just mentioned, called Direct versus Indirect Techniques. And I'm just going to read this to you, and you can see where my thought processes have, have come from for this podcast. So a question was asked, so these are lectures of um, Milton Erickson, and he gets asked questions, and the book transcribed the um, seminar. Dr. Erickson, do you believe that indirect techniques are preferred over rapid direct techniques or vice versa? And Milton answered, I use the indirect techniques, particularly in research, because I am much more certain of lasting results. But now and then, I will use a rapid technique for demonstrations. But I don't like it. The person asking the question then went, why not? And Milton carried on and said, why not? In the long run, your subjects don't like it either. They just don't like it. They can't be sure of their amnesia. They can't be sure of their reactions, and there's no reason why you should ever risk offending another person. That brings up another item, and I hope I'll mention again. All hypnotic work, every effort should be made to protect the personality of the subject. It is tremendously important to protect the personality of the subject in every possible way, because you can get into so much trouble. The importance of when you're working with somebody is yes, maybe you can do a technique, maybe you can run the scales, maybe you can phrase something that will change the person. Is it ethical? Have they asked for it? Do they want the transformation? Do they understand the consequences that may come from making such changes? Just some thoughts have been spinning around my head. A little bit of showmanship does go a long way. Rapid inductions are great fun. They're a little bit showy, which does help. But we can become reliant on the showmanship. We can be re reliant on being showy. And we can force change and create much upset and dis destabilization at somebody at a deep level. So one, of the things, so one of the things to keep in mind is that it's really important to respect the person, respect the techniques and tools and the way of thinking, and at the same time explore. I've got a little quote that's playing in my mind and I'm going to have to say it. So as I'm... As a child, I used to collect Marvel comics. I used to be a big, Sp and am still am a big Spider-Man fan. So, as his uncle said, Ben said to uh, young Peter Parker, 
With great power comes great responsibility. Don't take it lightly. Any questions? any observations please do contact me i'd love to hear from you and as i said last week we've got a brand new course on business coaching coming out very soon and you can find out more at the website at nlpcourses.com and we've got a wonderful bonus that we've just added to the course which is write a book in two days yes it's a powerful process which is easy and fun as some of you know, I am lucky enough to be dyslexic. So writing is not one of my fortes, and yet I have several books out. And we're giving it away as a bonus as part of the business coaching. So if you feel like you've got something to contribute to the world, you want to get your message out there, a book is a wonderful way to do that. Got any questions, do let me know. Contact me at john at nlpcourses.com. And until next time. Be a little bit showy, but not just too much, but have respect. See you soon. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the NLPCourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. And make sure to head over to NLPCourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter. This will ensure you are kept fully up to date on the latest in-depth NLP topics of interest. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistic programming and beyond.